Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On tonight's episode, we get you ready for the season opener between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We've got Doug Brown and we've got Rick Zamperin as well from CHML and Hamilton all coming your way on the podcast. And we turn our attention back to football because if you look at your watch, we're about 24 hours away from kickoff. Doug Brown, 24 hours from now, will be in our Blue Bomber broadcast booth. He'll be looking out over IG Field with tens of thousands of fans. It's going to be loud. Doug, we've waited a long time for this moment. Can you feel it yet? Yeah, it's pretty exciting, that's for sure. A little bit of disbelief, but I guess you just pretend that 2020 never happened and uh, continue on as uh, you know, reigning Grey Cup champions. That's the team you're talking about, and this is the defend the championship season. So should be a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, you know, this is a novel situation, talking about a team that, you know, was the best in, in Canada the last time they played football. So definitely a new perspective to share and uh, new expectations for this football club. So it, it doesn't get any easier right from the get-go, obviously, with Hamilton coming to town, but a great test in, uh, in a shortened season. So you got to be on top of your game right away when you're only playing 14 games. From a player's perspective, Doug, how did you normally handle the night before a season opener? Was it an easy sleep, or what was it like? You're just excited, you know. As much as uh, you think you know what kind of football team you're on, you don't really know until you uh, you go out there against the live bullets and the real action can have every expectation and every sense of optimism and everyone can scout you and and predict your fortunes but until you all play together in that live fire environment you know there's there's uncertainty and there's a question mark about your football team and uh, even with the large number of players that are returning for this football team you're always wondering are we gonna have the same identity are we gonna have a different identity you know there's no football team is exactly the same from season to another season, let alone when there's one that doesn't happen in between. So it'll be real interesting to see if they pick up where they've left off, how things are tweaked, how they're different now with a new coordinator, um, you know, whether they'll be able to feed off that uh, championship identity they had or whether it's going to be a completely new look and different approach by this football team. So it's, uh, it's just exciting, you know, to be back uh, in a, in a scenario in a stadium where the restrictions and limitations that we've been living with for the last, it seems like, couple of years uh, are, are, aren't with us, at least for a moment, and, and that escape that a football game can provide for you. So should be a very exciting, very very entertaining night. Do you think the lack of a preseason will have an impact on the quality of play we see to start the season, <laughs> or not really? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because, uh, you know, preseason, a lot of it is for evaluation, but at the same time, we talk about all the time that you can only practice so hard and you only get so many looks in practice and the new rules of the, the CBA and training camps. I mean, you can barely practice with pads on it. The pattern practices are few and far between right now. You certainly can't do back to back two days like we used to do where uh, you, you get in practice in pads for, for four hours in a, in a single, um, single day. So it's uh, a lot of techniques can only be learned uh, when you're you have that full contact scenario. So for younger teams, I'd say this is a big problem. Um, but for a veteran-laden team like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think they have that advantage because seasoned vets, you know, it, it might take them a, a series or two, a couple snaps or so, but they'll understand. They'll get right back into it. But 
for for younger players, for uh, for guys that haven't been in the CFL that are new to it or only have a season or two under their belt, you just don't get that seasoning of your technique in uh, in practice. You simply can't replicate it, and uh, you don't want to have a learning curve in a shortened season like this. So I would say younger teams uh, are in a little bit have a bigger challenge and learning curve in front of them than a veteran-laden team like Winnipeg does for for 2021. Speaking of veterans, uh, Andrew Harris, Darvin Adams will not play tomorrow night. They are out with injuries. Kyrie Wilson as well will not play on defense. Let's start with Adams and Harris. So filling in Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine uh, for the running back position. We know how important the running back position is, Doug, but perhaps even more importantly, this fully intact, fully veteran offensive line is there as well. And that's really a key when you're breaking in some inexperienced runners, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, without that kind of continuity and solid play, uh, all those returning starters on the offensive line, I think tomorrow night, you know, would potentially be a disaster, right, for having guys that are are not seasoned in there and, and or tenured. I mean, losing Andrew Harris, I mean, that is, I mean, that's the offense, right? Everything goes through Andrew Harris on the Winnipeg Blue Bomber offense. So that's a hell of a challenge for your football team to overcome in, in week one. I really hope they try a, a three-pronged approach to this where Oliveira, Augustine, and maybe even Dembski all take turns, you know, platooning through that running back spot, whether it's on, on passing plays, on blocking scenarios, on, on running downs. I really think, you know, you potentially need the efforts of three different players to make up for the Andrew Harris that really stirred the drink of the offense. Everything went through him. He got the most touches. He was uh, an asset, obviously the number one asset in the running game, but also in the passing game and stuff. He was uh, so uh, multifaceted, such a, such a multiple talented player that, um, you know, thinking that you can just pop one guy in and there's not going to be immense fall off without, you know, uh, obviously, uh, these guys have uh, potential and futures in front of them. I mean, you don't want to discredit anyone, but that's just not a position you can come into as a, a younger player and just make a seamless transition. I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take uh, the um, contributions of, of three of them. Like I say, Dembski, who is a, a slot player right now, he can definitely line up in the backfield and uh, give different looks and, and be a factor in, in the passing game. And, uh, Augustine and Oliveira, I think, are, are going to uh, need to split some reps if you're going to try and, and fill that void in a different way uh, from when Andrew Harris would be in there. Because, like I said, he is number one uh, factor when it comes to that Winnipeg offense and making it go. We saw how Zach Kolaris was such a difference maker in 2019. He gets thrown right into the fire and succeeds with the Bombers having never lost with him as their quarterback. Now he gets almost two years to learn the playbook down <laughs> pat. He's got Buck Pierce now as the offensive coordinator. How much of a difference is it going to be with him having all that time to, to prepare and develop more chemistry with these receivers he's working with? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about chemistry just because obviously he hasn't had live game action with these guys, right? But he has had a, a full camp if you want to call that a full camp without any preseason games so he should definitely be more comfortable than he was there's also something about being thrown in the fire right something about you know sometimes you have a, a high adversity situation like that for a player 
they limit the playbook for you and, and you got all these players around you that totally know what they're doing, it takes the pressure off of you. So it's obviously a different expectation time for Zach Kolaris at the start of this season. And it is a new coordinator. I, I understand um, obviously a lot of the playbook will probably be very similar to what he was uh, used to, but a different set, a different situation for him, for sure. Different set of expectations. And I just hope with, you know, Andrew Harris not being available for this game, I hope he doesn't have to go back and throw the ball 40, 50 times. You know, I think what part of what made him so successful last year is that they didn't need him to come in and, and win games for them. He, they just needed him. Hey, we're going to need you to make throws and, and, and be on point a number of times and be pivotal at certain times during the game, but we're going to give you protection. We're going to have a hell of a balanced attack. Uh, We're going to have a fantastic running game. And so that took all the pressure off of uh, uh, Zach Kolaris. So it's going to be interesting to see if that approach, are they going to have to lean on him heavier? And will that change his dynamic and impact in this game if Andrew Harris is not there to provide that balanced attack where, you know, Harris was the, the focal point, the real true feature point of this offense? Is it going to be Zach Kolaris tomorrow night now? And is he going to have to throw the ball? a lot more than he's accustomed to to win. It's going to be real interesting to see how that goes. But we do know that the heart and soul of this team and the, the real difference makers in that postseason run, it was on the defensive side of the ball. The front four just destroyed the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup. Chris Van Zyl, their top offensive lineman, was torched in that game. He's not playing tomorrow night. And the Blue Bombers pretty <laughs> much bring... Is, is mean, that a coincidence? Are you saying he's afraid? <laughs> Uh, you know what I've seen? We call it the flu. Just call it the Willie Jefferson flu. He came down with that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've seen that a number of times in football games, though. Let me tell you, guys mysteriously become unavailable uh, when certain uh, matchups uh, approach them. But I don't want to go out and say he's afraid, but I'm saying he's got the Willie Jefferson flu without a question. Well, the reality is that front four for the Blue Bombers, and it was a question asked earlier this week about how the secondary's inexperience, does that put – more weight on the shoulders of the front four to perform. And I think it was Jackson Jeffco that said, hey, we always put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform. We, we want to be great. And so do you feel, as an observer who used to play defensive line, that when the secondary has some questions that it is important to take the quarterback's time away, especially a quarterback like Jeremiah Mazzoli, who hasn't played an actual game in over two years? Yeah, I mean, if the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defensive line play like they did in the Grey Cup, I mean, you and I could be starting in the secondary and it won't matter, right? Like, we're going to look great. We're going to get, you know, we're going to be able to intercept balls because he's going to be throwing up things uh, to uh, escape massive pressure and deflections and hurried throws. and Like, it's real easy uh, to play and look good in the secondary when you have the kind of pressure that we saw from this group when they put forth their best effort, which is what we saw in 2019 in the Grey Cup against Hamilton, like I say, it didn't matter who was in the back end. And, uh, you know, starting two rookies, which is the expectation for this game, for the Bombers in this game, you know, you might need that, right? If these guys play up to their form and the way they're capable of, and if they're, you know, at the top of their game this early in the year, then that's going to do, that's going to go a long, long ways in covering up any, any, uh, uh, inexperienced spots they might have in the secondary with the play from those two rookies. So uh, usually you take, you take advantage of rookies on things like double moves and pump fakes and having them bite down on play action and, and jump up and 
lose guys in, in space. And, um, you know, if you have immediate pressure, though, you can really cover up for those things and really benefit your secondary. So I totally agree with you that the, the playoff run head is much to do with that defense as anything, and specifically that front four as any other part of, the, of this football team. So we know what they're capable. We know they're largely returning. So if those guys uh, take over a game like they did in the Grey Cup, you know, it's not going to matter who else is, uh, is on that football field with them because these guys can really uh, put their fingerprints all over it. Quickly, Doug, before I let you go, do you have a prediction for tomorrow night? Well, I mean, you're unveiling a championship banner. You can't. I mean, that's, that's got to be that's got to be it for the home team. I mean, with everything going on, missing a 2020 season, you know, finally getting the opportunity to celebrate this championship that they had in 2019 and all the excitement about coming back and a capacity crowd. It's, it's gotta be Winnipeg. It just, I don't know. I mean, Hamilton is a hell of a tough competitor and uh, very good competition, especially, I think they're uh, exponentially better actually with Jeremiah uh, or sorry. Uh, yeah. Mazzoli back there as opposed to uh, Dane Evans, but, it's, uh, uh, I think it's got to be the Winnipeg Blue Bomber night for sure, without question. Well, Doug, we'll uh, see you at the game tomorrow night. Can't wait. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something we're super excited about, so I can't wait to get back into it and uh, hopefully be talking about uh, a 1-0 scenario and have Mike O'Shea tell us uh, that they won the week and they're just worried about winning the next week, right? Back to old times. <laughs> All right, let's preview. Continue to preview the Hamilton Tiger Cats visiting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the first CFL game in over 20 months. We are so close. We're almost there to kick off, just 24 hours and 30 minutes away. And Rick Zamperin joins us now from CHML in Hamilton. Rick, you excited for some football tomorrow night? Uh, you know, there, there are days this week that I've woken up thinking, is this actually going to happen you know, it's been well over 600 days since we've watched a CFL game. We know that training camps are happening. Uh, you know, practices are being held. Guys are getting cut. <clears throat> uh, other guys are climbing the ladder of the depth chart. Uh, you know, teams are scheming against other teams. It, it just, it, it almost feels like a fantasy land. But, you know, come tomorrow night, it's going to happen. So, yeah, the excitement for me from a lot of the people that I've talked to here in Hamilton and across the country is off the charts. Can't wait. So the Hamilton Tiger Cats come into tomorrow night's game as, at the moment, three-and-a-half-point favorites, according to Sports Interaction, and just about any other site you look at, the numbers around there. Do you feel like the Hamilton Tiger Cats should be the favorite tomorrow night? Well, you know what? I, I like what Tiger Cats head coach Orlando Steinauer said the other day, is you know none of that really matters at the end of the day. Because the last time we saw anybody play a CFL game is like two years ago. So we're basing, you know, a lot off that. We're basing a lot off, you know, what we see on paper. And, of course, during training camp, we're seeing some guys, you know, come to the floor. Um, a lot of what Hamilton has on the field tomorrow night, fans in Winnipeg and across the league will recognize, whether it's Jeremiah Masoli or backup Dane Evans, uh, Brandon Banks, the reigning most outstanding player, uh, you know, Simone Lawrence at the linebacker position. <clears throat> All these guys are well-known commodities. But, you know, game in and game out, season in, season out, you know, teams change. Um, uh, all these guys are a year or two years older than they were. So, 
yeah, the Ticats should be favorites, not only tomorrow night, but this season to win the Grey Cup. Um, but, you know, games aren't won and lost on paper, as we know. So this team still has to go out and perform. And it's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. <clears throat> this team could be 500. Who knows? They need some luck. They need some bounces. But they got to execute. Chris Van Zyl, is he the headliner on the list of players who are not playing tomorrow night for the Ticats? Chris Van Zyl is out, yeah, on the one-game injured list. There is actually a handful of prominent or, or well-known Ticats who won't be playing tomorrow, Van Zyl being one. Um, Braylon Addison, uh, one of their all-star receivers, also not going to play. He's on the six-game injured list with a knee injury. Devere Posey, newly acquired, has yet to play a, a down for the Ticats. He has a calf injury that he's been kind of rehabbing during training camp. He's not going to play. Those are probably the three most prominent guys. Carriel Brooks in the defensive secondary won't suit up, but for the most part, they are relatively healthy, obviously minus those guys. Um, And and it's now just a matter of X's and O's and see who can, uh, you know, deliver the goods. How excited are you to see Jeremiah Mazzoli back 100% and trying to recapture what he was doing before he got hurt in 2019? Yeah, this should be interesting because, you know what, he's looked good in training camp. He's looked like the Jeremiah uh, Masoli of old. He has not been wearing a knee brace at camp. So I think that's a very good sign for a guy pretty much two years removed from uh, ACL surgery. So he's looked uh, spry. He's looked a little leaner coming into camp, not to say he was you know, uh, anywhere near overweight as a quarterback uh, you know, in his, in his all-star days or MOP caliber, uh, you know, 2019 season and, and leading the Cats to a five and run record out of the gate. But he looks a little leaner. The passion's there. The excitement for the season is there. And here's a really low key guy who's obviously showing, you know, some emotions and some excitement for 2021. And, you know, he's in a bit of a dogfight with Dane Evans. There was a, a choice to make. And I think it was really probably the biggest choice among quarterbacks or starting quarterbacks in the league is, you know, who's going to be the guy in Hamilton. Uh, Evans, as we know, you know, took the reins uh, after week six and, you know, led the Cats to a 15-3 and record. Um, but Masoli has a lot more games under his belt, has a lot more big games under his belt. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, th- there really isn't a wrong answer in terms of quarterback in Hamilton, but I think they're going with the right guy. It sends the message that, you know, here's our leader. Here's the more experienced guy. We're going to put our trust in them. That's not to say Evans is not going to see the field this year, because I'm sure he will, as we've seen quarterbacks go down from time to time in the league. And that's one thing that I think might separate some of the upper echelon teams from some of the non-playoff teams, is which teams are going to be the healthiest. Because here's players who haven't been you know, in these trench situations for well over a year. How are their bodies going to adapt, not necessarily during the game, but during the week leading up to games, are they going to be healthy enough to play? And we could see a lot of guys land on the injured list this year. What's the biggest question mark you have going into the Ticat season? You know what? There's not a lot of them because, you know, all the coaches are back. Um, the, uh, the core is back in Hamilton. I think the biggest question mark to me is can they – um, can they retain that kind of championship mentality? And, and that's kind of funny to say because they haven't won a championship since 1999. But that swagger that they showed in 2019, you know, they were dominating teams. They were manhandling teams. It was, you know, big boys against little guys, so to speak. But if they can capture that kind of magic, especially early on in the season, you know, I'll be, and I think fans will be excited to see, you know, where, where this uh, team can go. But if they start out of the gate, and let's not, you know, let's not sugarcoat things. Uh, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, 
two, you know, heavy hitters in the West that they have to face back to back. So, you know, theoretically, Hamilton could be 0-2 going into Montreal in week three. And who knows, it might be 0-3 uh, going into Labor Day. Things really go sideways. Um, so they, they have to, you know, put their their foot on the on the gas pedal way right out of the gate and see where they uh, where they end up. All right, so scouting report going the other way then. What do you think the strengths and perhaps the weaknesses are of this Blue Bombers team as you see it right now? Well, hey, they're the defending champs for a reason. Uh, you know, well-coached, uh, disciplined team, uh, a lot of rock stars on that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're at home, especially in game one. That obviously, you know, helps, you know, 30,000 plus at IG Field is going to be tremendous to see and maybe a little odd because we haven't really seen that in Canada yet, at least not to that degree. I know the Blue Jays have some fans, but 30,000 plus is going to be amazing. You know, whenever you're the defending champs, there's always a target on your back, as you know. And I, I just see them handling that well. I know they were only, and I say only, 11 and 7 in 2019, but. Now, they won some big games, huge games in the playoffs. That championship medal is hard to shake. And when they have that confidence, especially if they win out of the gate, uh, they're going to be a tough out. There's no doubt about that. How much do you think the absence of Andrew Harris hurts them, or do you think they're going to be okay? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Harris is an all-star, future Hall of Fame uh, running back. I think that's going to hurt somewhat. But, uh, listen, uh, you know, the, the Cats know that, uh, you know, whether he's out or whether Darvin Adams is out or Foley Jefferson's not going to play, you know, there's there's that next man up mentality across the league. And there's always another guy who's ready to steal the reins and steal that brass ring from the guy in front of him. You know, the old Wally Pip, Lou Gehrig scenario. Uh, you get injured, you take a day off. There's always another guy who's ready to, you know, jump into that superstardom. They know Zach Caleros well. They know what he can do. They know, you know, what guys like, you know, Alexander and, as I mentioned, you know, some of the other guys on this team can do. Uh, that's a well-oiled machine in Winnipeg. So, uh, yeah, they're not taking the Blue Bombers lightly by any stretch of the imagination. And so this last question is an impossible one because, as you mentioned, it's been almost two years since there's been any football. But can I get a prediction from you for tomorrow night? Huh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty tight game. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I were to lay down money, I'd probably go Blue Bombers. And, and here's why. Um, do the Ticats have more talent on paper? Yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's game number one. It's in Winnipeg. There's going to be a massive, chaotic, boisterous, uh, great banner-raising, excited crowd at IG Field you got to give the edge to the Bombers. I know the Ticats are favored by three or three and a half, whatever the point is, but you know, throw that out the window. That doesn't mean a hill of beans. The Bombers are at home. They're the defending champs. They're going to be jacked up to play. The Ticats will be jacked up to play, obviously, to, even though they say they're not you know, treating this as a revenge or redemption game, they'll be excited. They want to get out of the gate early. I'm going to say Bombers 27, Tiger Cats 24. Well, what a game that would be if we get a nice close one it's going to be a great night no matter what for sure rick zamper appreciate your time as always thanks for coming on the show you got it anytime well thank you very much for listening to the cjob sports show podcast if you like what you heard guess what you can hear more every weeknight on cjob from 6 30 to 9 p.m of course that is when the jets are not playing because if the jets are playing then i don't have a show but i'll be part of the pre and post game coverage anyway thanks again for tuning in subscribe if you'd like we're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the